This is Corolla Digital. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to the show. And if you like what you're hearing, which, come on, let's face it, you do. Make sure to tell a friend. You can find us on iTunes, the app, or my site, AllisonRosen.com. Allison Rosen, Allison Rosen is your new best friend. Allison, Allison, with perfect good times never end. Allison Rosen, doing the wavy pencil pants again. Allison Rosen, Allison's your new best friend. Hey, everyone. Hi. Hello. It's me, Allison Rosen, and I'm here with Tom Segura. Hello. Hi, Allison. I'm very excited for you to be here. I'm excited all to be here. All sorts of things to talk about. Well, first of all, I have to say, I did Your Mom's House you podcast, did. which is the podcast that you do with your wife, Christina, who I also had on this show. Yes. Um, and I had such a good time on your podcast because you play games and you're super relaxed and you talk about poop, which is something that I just can't get enough of. It's talking a big about it. part of our. I think we're the leading poop podcast. If I can be I feel so like bold. I'm nipping at your butt. Ooh, yeah. Whoa. Do you feel me breathing down your butt? <laughs> a little bit. I'm just yeah. saying we talk about it a lot on this show. Okay. I mean, well, I don't want. If wanna... you want to go head to head, I mean, <laughs> we can make it a challenge. Okay. Can, maybe I oh maybe I do want to maybe you do maybe I do well see so I want to get into some some of that talk okay sure but first I need to discuss something which just happened which is regular listeners know regular listeners of my podcast know of my fear of ants and insects crawling up my butt and, and also around the front too just basically sure. insects in the all orify. those sensitive yeah. parts yeah so. Uh, it's hot, and there are sometimes ants in the studio, mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll go into the bathroom, and I'll see an ant on the toilet seat, yeah. which freaks me out because there's yeah. all sorts of nooks and crannies in a toilet seat that they can be in, and you can think that you're free, and then mm-hmm. an and ant is so – I mean, how – anyway. And there's so, nooks and crannies in you. Right. And then, It's yeah. like two English muffins. <laughs> Very, fucking <laughs> very much so with ants in them uh-huh. so i will say to matt who's the resident ant killer around here uh, ants in the bathroom on the toilet seat and he'll go in and he'll he'll say are you sure because i didn't see any mm-hmm. it's like do you did you used to watch sesame street uh, of course the ants are becoming my snuffleupagus in the years where only big birds saw snuffleupagus i understand that completely thank you so, all right so let me ask a question on matt's behalf if okay you don't mind. i don't mind you Moments ago, before the podcast started, you came in here and said the bathroom is overrun with ants. That's and you what said I'm it saying. Just like that. Yeah, how many it is. ants are there? Probably like twenty. No, it's let them little... say one on the toilet seat, but they are also elsewhere. I'm not saying that's not an issue. Okay, but overrun is the wrong adjective to use. How many qualifies as overrun? I was thinking hundreds. couple hundreds. Yeah. I was thinking hundreds, too. Okay. And I feel like that's why Matt's always saying, are you sure? Because he goes in there expecting to see an anthill, but, and in reality, there's only a few, so he's not, he's but not 20 looking detailed. is a problem. 20 is an issue. It's I'm a not, problem. I'm not disputing that whatsoever. Well, no, this is interesting. This is good. Thank you. Um, okay. It's not an ant. What should I say about that? There, like, are, there are ants in the bathroom, and it's more than a few, and, and there's like need a, to kill there's them. A, well, okay. And there might, what if there's they might the presence? Right <laughs> there's the, I saw like you know when when it's there's a cluster of them near the soap dispenser. It's it there's there, there's like ant, there's like a dog pile of ants. Well, you don't at that point like 
I think it's be it, you shouldn't just spray and hey kill the ants that you see. Right. What do you do? You need to start do, laying out those little traps. Oh. Where they kind of will crawl into it and out of right. it. Right. And that that takes care of that kind because there there's something that's leading. Yes. Ants in there. We we have an infestation. Maybe we're not overrun. Infestation. Tell Matt. I'll leave that to you. I feel like I'm the only one who cares that's as true. much as I do. Yeah. Here, that's true. Here. I'm think... also the only female around here. That I don't might think in be the, the whole equation. I th- but I think there are males in the world who are squeamish about ants the way you are. But here, it's just... I saw ants in my bathroom at home. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was about the level you're talking about. Overrun? Overrun. <laughs> we had a massacre of ants taking oh, place. Yeah. And I got very uncomfortable. Because uh, you start to feel like if it's your home, you're like, well, I mean, it's clean, right? It's right. Th- this isn't filthy. Like, what's going on? But I just did what I told you. I do fear, though, sometimes when I'm making a brown, making potty, boom, boom on the potty, right. that um, I don't have the ant fear. I have a spider fear that, that a spider is going to bite my ball bag or something like that that scares me. Has that ever happened to you? No, but the fear is there. You know, right. if, I, if I see them... There's a lot outside. I see cobwebs all the time, and I go, what if I sit down right now? Something comes out of the water. Yes. Something crawls. When I was a little kid, when I would sit on the toilet, I wouldn't let my feet hang down. I would put them straight out um, because I was afraid that snakes could shoot out of the pipes, which obviously is not a realistic fear. Sure. um, Unlike my current realistic ant fear. Do you still fear snakes coming up from the toilet, going up? No. No. Should I? It's, I think it's a, it's a healthy fear. Okay. It's interesting. I think pe- – I think – I would wager to say men fear spiders more than ants. Not more than women fear spiders, but I feel like this ant – I feel like I'm alone. It's not but a fear of think, ants. I just don't want them on my body. But do, do you think women don't fear spiders more than ants? I don't know. Maybe oh, they come do. on, I Allison. know that – Okay. Daniel, I'm sorry. I think that I am more okay with spiders than my fiance is. Really? Yes. In general, he's a, he's obviously like a more manly. He's obviously more manly and tough than I am. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and I am, you know, I don't like ants. But if it comes to killing a spider, that I could do more than like. There's a, he has an extra thing about spiders. Yeah, I mean, spiders really freak some people out. I mean, yes. I I don't like spiders. I'm the one that deals with them at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but. But but if there's an ant, do you there's ants? You don't go, hey Daniel, you got to take care of these ants, or or do you take care of it? Like let's say there's five ants crawling around the same. I would probably take care. Careful, of that. Matt might listen to this. I would not go anywhere near that. <laughs> I would if there's five in the sink, I'd probably take care of it. I should just take care of the whole situation here. I think so. Maybe I'm actually secretly. You got to go to. I'm secretly an exterminator in CBS my my dreams. This. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gary, you said that you have a spider problem. Yeah, I don't like spiders, but I my my living situation, my room's kind of underground, part of it, and I have it's a lot their of, land. I have a lot of spiders, and there's one that I know exactly where it is right now, and I've been keeping an eye on it, but I don't want to deal with it. Is it inside or outside? You it's want me inside. to come over? It's in my bathroom. <laughs> it's in the bathroom. Yeah, and you don't want to deal with it? Not really. Why not? Because there's a bunch of spider webs, or like something that are like 
separating me from getting to it, and it's just a whole ordeal. I'm I, gonna, I, I'm I think I dislike spider webs more than spiders. See, that's kind yeah. of my issue, is that, like, yeah. as long as that spider is still there... See, what's going to freak me out is when I go into the bathroom later tonight or tomorrow, and the spider's gone, and then I'm going to be freaked out mm-hmm. about where it is. But sure. as long as I can see it, I'm not going through a bunch yeah. of spider webs to get to it. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. I mean, there's a, there's so many... Like, I'm in the South Bay, mm-hmm. and I feel like more than anywhere I've ever lived in greater Los Angeles... My God, I I will leave the the house in the morning, like kind of knock down some spider webs just to walk out to the driveway. Come back and there's a whole new masterpiece that they've built yes, in a couple hours. We I'm have like, talked Jesus. about this on the Adam Carolla show. They're on steroids. It's when crazy. do they have time to spin these webs? I feel like you could stand there and just watch one. It would be like watching something in time lapse photography, but it's just in real time. It looks so elaborate. The one that I just saw, it it built it from the we have like an, an umbrella from the patio that sits uh, top of the table, right? Mm-hmm. Like an open umbrella. Right. It went from the top of that umbrella over to a tree, down to a chair. Back down to the bottom of the table. I mean, see, and then that's the worst because you walk like through that shit. Span. You walk through that shit totally ignorant oh of my the God. fact that it's there, and yeah. then it's like that's one of the horrible. worst feelings ever. Yes, that yes, is one of the horrible. worst feelings ever. Do you do what I do, which is think, "Oh God, there's probably a spider on me," and then freak out and flap yourself all over the place. Yes. Yes. Okay, you have to, right? Yes. Because yes. there could be a but spider there, on you. But even if there isn't a spider, I don't want that web on yeah, you. It's fucking, I don't like the and feel of that feel web it, shit. You feel it yes. ten minutes later. You're and like, I have ah. fucking you have like you have hairy arms or whatever. That shit gets caught in there. Yes. You can't get it out. It's fuck. That's fucking terrible. And sometimes this has happened on my dog, not on me. And I don't even see him walking through a web. But there'll be bits of web and dead ants and stuff caught in his ears. So sometimes oh, yeah. there's a web that has already caught stuff. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Horrible. Horrible. Let's just kill everything. That's I know. Everything that is disgusting. We've come to the conclusion. Everything needs everything needs to die. That's right. Will you title this episode Everything Everything Needs needs to Die? Everything needs to die. I will. Let's move on to something more pleasant. Going to the bathroom. Okay. Uh so on the I do two episodes a week and on the Thursday episode there's a group of us, Gary's one of them, and that's when we talk quite a bit about wiping technique. Oh. Now where are you with the standing up to wipe? Standing Is that up ever to, okay? No. See, that's the really? reaction that the average citizen should have. Yeah. No. Standing Fine. Up well, to a, wipe. What are you talking a, about? a special special select group of people feel like sometimes you need to stand up to wipe. But if and you stand you up at the very end. I was going to say cuz then your your cheeks go back together. Yeah. No. No, you want to take advantage of the cheek spread that the toilet affords, but I'm right. just saying sometimes Now, I don't I'll, know, sometimes there's just you need to finish it off. With it by standing up. Sometimes, let's say I'm, I'm out and about, I'll be like, man, my ass is really itching like crazy right mm-hmm. now. I won't scratch my ass. I will go to a bathroom, I'll get toilet paper, and standing up, I will scratch my ass with that toilet paper. <laughs> it's now, like a standing wipe. Yeah. Okay. I mm. feel like I, I prove, rest my case. But now, do you do this because you feel like you can really get in there better with the toilet paper, or you just don't? You just don't want the unsanitariness of your fingers and your butt or what's going on? Yeah, I just feel like it's cleaner and, you know, I I can be more thorough Yes, if I stand with the toilet paper. Mm -hmm. I could sit, I guess. But at that point, no, I'm just standing, right? Because I've been walking around. I'm like, God damn, this is fucking crazy right now. Yeah. I go in there. Are you talking about an itch that's more like around or in? Mm. I think that's more in, you know? Yeah. 
Sometimes it's hard. It's almost yeah. If it's around on the side, you know, you can scratch. But like, if it's you feel like, man, my asshole is really fucking itching me right now, (laughs) then I'll grab paper, you know, and I'll really yeah. I go for it like that. But I'm a, I like to. I mean, I'm a, I'm definitely a seated wiper, and I love uh, either a sink or a bathtub to, you know, after some wipes, get a very wet wipe in there. Yes, I like that a lot. And the, I mean, you can have the wet, like the actual that they right, sell, the wipes, yeah, the wipes. But like, I like toilet paper, and you get like some warm water on it, and then you feel very clean afterwards. Now, is that an always occurrence or just a as the situation calls for it? That's. I mean, I try to if if it's there. Like, I'm not if I'm in a public, like if I'm in the airport, I'm not gonna be like, hey, fellas, could you watch my bag for a second? <laughs> I'm gonna. Soak this paper. <laughs> right. Just I like to get real clean. That's not going to happen. But like mm-hmm. if I'm home or in a hotel, then I pretty much do that every time, I think, pretty much. Good to know. Do you like wipes? Like wet um, wipes? Sometimes. I there's cert- Some people only use wet wipes and religiously use wet wipes. Right. Which is – that is weird to me. Like why is it weird though? Because um, I just feel like start with toilet paper, finish with a wipe. I, you know, I think I just I have I haven't graduated to the level yet of putting something wet on something wet. I got. I mean, you know, here's one of the big problems though, hair. I'm look at my chest. Yeah. You're hairy. All right, this chest this right. is on my asshole. <laughs> so, it's a problem. I've had my ass waxed before. It was a dream. It was a dream to shit for about a month after that. Why did you get it waxed? For a fucking radio bit. They okay. did it on the air. Did it hurt? Not as bad as you think it would. It was like, I mean, it wasn't like, wow, this feels excellent. <laughs> but it was like, you know, it was like a little uncomfortable. Only uh, a little. It, yeah. I mean, there were some tugs. Mm-hmm. It wasn't excruciating. It wasn't like what people imagine, for, like what I would imagine it would be like. It really wasn't yeah. that bad. Have you ever had a bigger part of your body I've had I've had back Wax before? How's that? Also for a radio Way bit? more painful. No, that was just, I just tried it once. Mm-hmm. I didn't do it again. Only once? Twice. Once at home, my sister did it, yeah. and she thought it was hysterical because I was bleeding like crazy. Bleeding? So much blood. Oh yeah. my gosh. And then <laughs> once I was in college and I was going to go on, I was going to go on the trip to, the, to a beach and I was just totally self-conscious about mm-hmm. back hair. It wasn't even that much really, but I still went. Way more painful than the ass way more painful yeah but once i had all the hair gone wiping changed for like six weeks it was much different much easier i bet yeah yeah i mean it's literally the hair on your head right on some dudes is what they have between their butt cheeks it must be impossible to ever really feel that clean which is why i'm saying like i'm soaking yeah you know or you get in the shower whatever right wait if you have hairless butt cheeks oh man yeah, life's a dream for you. Sure. Um, wait, where did the blood come from? Like, was it picking off bits of skin or the hair follicles themselves? I think, you know, like the home kit is just basically like they're like, here's some fucking motor oil that you're going to heat up in the microwave. <laughs> it's literally, it's like it's unbelievably hot. Smear it on your back. Mm-hmm. And then they, you put this, you know, what you see. The, the And it was actually ripping. I think it was pulling hair out in... in bigger chunk than it's supposed to come out in yeah so there's like little but like you Dots. saw little blood spots everywhere ouch yeah just to not have hair gary have you ever waxed um eyebrows 
Never, never a big. You did your eyebrows? Yeah, I used to do it. A lot. I used to do it like religiously. Like really? Every like six weeks or something. Just to shape them? Uh huh. Was that? But it wasn't. It wasn't shaping them. I don't know why I was doing it. You were just doing. Are you doing it like when you got your haircut? You'd be like, I'd do my eyebrows too. Yeah. Wow. They do. They regularly wax men's eyebrows at the place that you went. Yeah, but I went to like the chick who does my does waxing for my mom, like okay. her eyebrows, and hmm. so it wasn't so. I guess it wasn't actually when I was that sounds like done. It was like a separate thing. Oddly enough, that sounds like a more advanced move than getting your ass waxed. Like eyebrows, because it's like face. And that, it's, yeah, that that kind of sucked, to be honest with you. Because it's it like, did? You, don't, you don't think yes. about it, but the one, that, the one that sucks is this one, where it's like under your eyebrow, because then it's, oh it's catching the top of your eyelid. Right. Yeah. And if they fucking aren't good at it, like the person I went oh to God. was good at it, but I had it done once You're by somebody. You're giving me anxiety right yeah, now. I'm thinking about this. I had it done by somebody who wasn't very good at it once, and they got a little low with that wax, and then they rip it off, and right. they're pulling your eyelid too. okay okay and it's like yeah I, just the description of it is making me like yeah. freak out um yeah. the, so i, I used I to get my it. eyebrows waxed and every time i would sit there thinking i cannot believe how fucking painful this is it's yeah. i mean it doesn't last you know it, yeah. the pain goes away yeah Quick. not as fast as you want it to but yeah. it does go away but still every time i was like holy shit this hurts so much um but wait how do you shape your brows now gary i realized that it what they're this is the shape that they were doing them in. <laughs> it was, yeah, I don't know what the fuck was going on. Like, I think that this chick was just laughing and taking my money every time. Right. I don't know. Was it somewhere in Orange County? Yeah. Do I know the place? Uh, Are you hesitant to say it? No, it was above uh, El Ranchito. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, down at, down on Coast Highway. Yeah. I've had to start um, pulling, plucking some eyebrow hairs just because at a certain age, like for me, you get stragglers that start going in crazy directions and mm-hmm. super long. I'm like, I look like a fucking 80-year-old guy right now with eyebrow hair. So I'm yanking them out every couple of weeks. Your brows look quite tame now. They do? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I forget. That's the other thing. I totally forget. And then like Christina or somebody will be like, hey, your eyebrows are out of fucking control right now. <laughs> and so I actually had to get tweezers and like – because, I mean, they're easy to spot. You see your hair. But I don't – I realize I don't examine my face. Mm-hmm. That's something that's so unique. To women, yes, like ten times, like nine times out of ten, when I'll like Christine will be like, "Hey, why don't you like take care of those eyebrows or <laughs> your nose hair that's growing out, which I probably have growing out of my nose right now." I don't see anything, and but any anything like that, and I'm like, "Oh yeah," she goes, "Don't you look at your face?" And I'm like, "No, no. not really." Oh, no. like I brush my teeth, I floss, and I look know. in the mirror. Yeah, I I look at the mirror, but I don't go. Like I don't examine my face. <laughs> I'm not looking for something to be wrong. Right. That's my that's my issue. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, "How do you not look at your face?" And I'm like, "I just I, I look, and do. then I just you know, you just, we look in different ways." I think. Yeah. 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 Well, because as you were describing that for like a brief second, you sort of did a mirror face to indicate what you don't do. Like right, I right. don't do the, and then you did like a yeah. lady's mirror face, uh-huh. which we all have. Oh no! Sometimes when I'm driving, I'll all of a sudden realize that I have. I've had the sun visor down and I have the little mirror flap open and I'm driving just kind of staring at myself. Yeah. <laughs> it will be uh, either that or texting will be why I get into an accident. Do you text a lot while you drive? I'm much less than yeah. I used to. I still still don't not completely text. I don't know if it <clears throat> was the appropriate amount of negatives in that sentence. Well, for example, I text I sent Gary a text from the road that said almost there. Mm-hmm. 
And I could have called. I debated calling, actually. And I'm like, am I the person who makes the call just to avoid the text? Because then the call would have involved me explaining that I'm calling so as to not text. And I thought, I'm at a stoplight. Be that person more, Allison. Be that person more. First of all, I don't think there would have needed – I would not have been surprised when you called me three minutes after you were supposed to be here. I don't think I would have needed an explanation about the text. I feel like that's something you were putting on yourself. I only have a few friends that have – no text rules, which is so crazy. No text rules ever? Like, like I don't do ever not text. fucking text me. Yeah. Really? <laughs> the only person I know who's like that is Corolla. Oh, really? Because he, he doesn't know how to do it. Yeah, he's the only person I Joey know. Joey Diaz. Like um, I was going to sneeze. Oh, my God. Doesn't that feel horrible that you didn't get it out? I tried to look away as, so as to not interrupt you. <laughs> oh, thank you. That's so considerate. I hate when people fuck up my sneeze. You know what really fucks up a sneeze? Mm. The person who says "bless you" before it's all the that's, way out that, that yes, just sends it right why, back in. I, I that's a literally one of the biggest fights of my marriage. Really? In la- yes. Well, Christina was doing that to me all the time, and I was like, I was like, dude, you cannot do that. And I was like, just super serious. I was mm-hmm. like, it's really upsetting. <laughs> it's and true. she stopped doing it because I was like, it, I, you're, you're fucking with me. Like it's bad. But I now get was she just out. trying to be polite, just kind of getting a head no, start? No, no. She, well, she was trying to fuck with she you. She was trying to fuck with me. Oh, okay. But I was like, that's one I can't deal with because it, the feeling of losing that sneeze is horrible. Yes. Do you get? Although, do you sneeze when you look at light? No. This just – Gary just threw his hand up in the air and because this just came up on yes. a different yeah. show that we were doing. Um, I, I think – there, there's so much misinformation, or not misinformation, but different sorts of information. I don't know what the correct thing is mm-hmm. about the way that the sun or light affects sneezes. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up, I knew someone who had light eyes, and he said that because he had light eyes, the sun made him sneeze. That's I don't know right. if that's true. I've heard that if your sneeze is stuck, look at a light, and that'll make you sneeze. Well, it's only it only affects a certain percentage oh. of people. But so there the, are actually people who light will make them sneeze. I'm one of them, yeah, for sure. Okay. Light-induced sneezing basically about i don't know between 20 and 25 percent of people have some there's science behind it the light does do something to trigger it mm-hmm. but then there are people who have has zero effect on as well i think but, i'm one of those yeah for me like if i'm stuck on a sneeze i'll turn on a light and just stare or if, or if it's daytime i look at the sun immediate boom explosion you're so lucky. It's crazy. Do now, you, are you that too or no? No, I've I'd never heard of this whole looking at the sun thing I until get this, yesterday. I get this all the time from people when I talk about it and they're like, what? But then just look it up and you'll see. That sounds kind of like a blessing. Really? I think mean, so? To, yeah, to be. To be able, in the sense that you can get a sneeze out yeah. when you're having trouble with it, I guess. Yeah, I guess if you were Gary light can't shopping, sneeze. that would be kind of a curse. <laughs> My doctor, I was at the doctor today uh-huh. and I told him about it because I discussed it yesterday as well. And um, he was like, yeah, and the, there's actually – it makes sense. There's a the science behind that. But I'm too dumb to tell you what he said but because um, I didn't really understand. Mm-hmm. But he said that it makes sense. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll look it up. Yeah. Let's, let's – you know. Um, now, Gary can't sneeze without well, – how many times do you sneeze when you sneeze? Like seven? No, I mean it's, it's never consistent, but it's always more than like three. He's a multiple sneeze. Really? My dad's yeah. that. My dad does that. I'm two. I'm never – I'm like – Hardly ever. It's always, bless you, bless you, right? That's mm-hmm. one, two, always. What's Christina? She, she's, I think she's a singular single? sneezer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm usually single unless I'm having some kind of allergy attack. Yeah, and then it goes out of control. Right. Then who knows? Yeah. It's unpredictable. Um, but you asked if it was an awful feeling that my sneeze went away. There's For me, there's different levels of the sneeze that 
is mm-hmm. stuck. Like right mm-hmm. now, I feel fine. You do. Yeah, and occasionally I'll have one of those faux sneezes where I am like, uh, like there's the wind up, yeah. and then it's a really unsatisfying. It's almost like you faked an orgasm uh-huh. with your sneeze, uh-huh. except that you weren't in control of it. It was just like there's another sneeze right behind that's going to come out at some point. Yeah. That was not the real one. Do you get a really euphoric feeling sometimes though from a sneeze? Like when it's a great sneeze, does it give you an uh, almost orgasmic feeling? N- no, I just feel relieved. Really? But it's do not. You, do you a- ever get lightheaded? Yeah, I do. Like it feels good sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Especially at the very end of like a long session, like seven or eight. Oh, see that sigh though. I that, like that. Uh, that is a that's a post sneeze sound. Some of my sneezes are so powerful though that it um, upsets like my, you know, chest. Like a, a like you get hoarse from it? No, well, not hoarse. Or I'll, or I'll like, I'm like, like it was so much air transfer. I'll be like, oh, I have to burp now. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's kind of a and violent like a few, thing. It's very violent. Yeah, very much so. See, I recently <laughs> we don't normally talk about sneezes on the show, so I this mean, is good. whatever. This is a new. Yeah, it's a new. It's a new topic um, that I feel I have a lot to say about. Uh, so recently, I had a whole allergy attack on the Adam Carolla show. On the show. Yes, on the show. And I felt a little bit betrayed by my own body because I just feel like – and I'm wondering if – I bet you can relate to this mm-hmm. as a someone who is performing all the time. Uh-huh. There are just certain things that thankfully, in my experience, don't happen on air. You would think more often, why does this not you, – you'd think that for as much time as you're on air or on a stage or whatever, all these various things that happen in real life would happen. But for whatever reason, I find that I don't – usually I don't sneeze that much on air. I don't get hiccups on air. Or various other things. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden when it happened on air and I really – I had to say something because I couldn't stop sneezing mm-hmm. and because I I sounded stuffed up and yeah. weird. Yeah. I thought, why is this happening on air? Mm-hmm. This shouldn't be happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's um, – hiccups are terrible to have. Has that happened to you on stage or on um, the show? I've had – I haven't had hiccups. You know, your body has a, a way of like – Shutting things down. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's so supposed to. I have had and I've learned over time that it's better – like I don't like to eat significant amount of food relatively close to doing stand-up mm-hmm. like a show. But there's sometimes where I've had something small but something in it um, affected like throat, esophagus. Yeah. You know, like there's certain – I mean I have food allergies but not like ones that I'm well aware of, that kind of thing where you're like it just affected you in some way. Like I didn't know even – there's little things you learn about like chocolate. For, you could have like a bite of a, a cookie that mm-hmm. has chocolate. Chocolate naturally creates like phlegm, which I know sounds oh. gross. So then like you'll be like, oh, and you're trying to do stand-up and you you feel like your throat Funny. acting up. Yeah. yeah. Like, so all these things – I've had that where I'm like, I'm like, wow, whatever I just had, there was a herb, a spice, something in there is shutting my shit down and it's harder to speak. Right. So I've never had a complete like um, hiccup attack or anything like that. But like little things where it starts to affect the way you speak and talk. And mm-hmm. I've gone on super sick before, like legit flu, horrifically sick. Did where, you feel it while you were on stage? Oh, my God. Well, it, like your body, like I said, can minimize it somewhat. But one time, like I couldn't hear anything. Nothing. That is awful. Like it was so bad. I had such a crazy sinus infection. They told me that like the doctor was like, you shouldn't travel at all. Like your eardrum looks horrible. I still got on a plane. I couldn't hear myself. I couldn't hear them. 
how was the show? Do you think for them? <laughs> I mean, I think they. I was able to. Talk, I was like this, <laughs> and you know, I got through it because I just was able to get through it. But it was. It felt terrible. I can't imagine they were like. It's fun to listen to this guy. It looks like he's dying on stage. <laughs> like it was. It was pretty bad. Right. But they, it wasn't notably bad. Like where people were like, "That my God, that was really awful." What you just did. But it felt terrible. Maybe yeah, they did, yeah. and you just couldn't hear it. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Never know. It could have been booing, actually, a lot. <laughs> could have booed a lot. I, I didn't know when people weren't. were laughing or at, at all. Yeah. Yeah. I right. Mean, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that it would be like performing in, in the dark or something to not have that feedback. It was horrible. Horrible. Yeah. So how did you get into comedy? You're from Ohio, right? Originally, yeah. And how born. long did you live there? Nine years. I was born there. So I okay. left as a kid. Mm-hmm. I moved around Minneapolis, Milwaukee, Florida, Vero Beach. And then I- uh, Why did you guys move around? I was just my dad was just working for the same company, and he was just getting promoted within the. It was one of those things where, you know, he was taking the job promotion mm-hmm. basically. What's he do? He works in finance, so it was like big corporation, and they were just kind of sending him up through the ranks right. kind of thing. So it was good for him, and you know, it was good for, I guess, for our family to go with him, obviously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so on this, um, yeah. So I just moved around a lot, and then. After college, I just knew I wanted to do something performance-wise, so I just moved out here right after college. Where'd you go to college? I went to a really small school in North Carolina called Lenore Ryan College. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's in Hickory, which is about 45 minutes north of Charlotte, if you know Charlotte. So it's tiny, tiny, 1,200 undergraduate, very small. I finished school there. What did you major in? Communications, and I had like a TV and radio production i actually did a little bit of work before i I did real estate in boston for six weeks wow how was that um it was really easy and and like if i didn't have like the desire to do something else it's it would be like such the perfect single guy fun gig to keep doing Mm -hmm. because literally you you are in an office that's sitting in like prime real estate and there's just such a need for apartments in Boston. There's 61 major colleges and universities in the greater Boston area. So you can kind of add up how many students there are. They need places to live. So it's just people just keep coming in. In addition to all the people, uh, you know, post-grad, like adults who just need places. Like, and they have to have a, like an apartment rep show a place. And just for showing the place, if they go, I want this, they have to pay the commission, which is equal to one month's rent. So you don't have to know anything. Seems like such a racket. It's totally a racket. But like, Yeah, that's how it is. There are certain towns where brokers are necessary. Right. And then there are certain ones where, like in L.A., none of the, none of the places I've lived, I don't even know if there are brokers. Well, no, one place I looked at, there yeah. was one. But the, in other towns, it's really much more a broker town. But the thing is, like, it's just these are all old school relationships. That's why mm-hmm. this exists. Because what happens is the person comes in. You go, how much do you have to spend? They go, this is my budget. Here's what I want. And then you just go, I know these eight buildings fit this criteria. They just don't know without you. Right. And so then you show them and they go, I want this one. The apartment complexes don't want to deal with the people. So that's why, that's why you get away with it because that person can't go back there and try to rent that apartment. Yeah, because they've own. already signed something. They've signed something and the, nobody, everyone in the apartment, like the people that run those buildings, at least this is how the case when I was there, 
they um they would just be like, oh, you got to go to a broker. Like, I'm not gonna. Is it because they because they are trusting that you'll vet the people? Yeah, and there's a lot of like there's a lot of illegal shit that goes down. Like, like there's a lot of places that would be like. I only want women, like a small apartment oh, complex. Oh, I see. Because they're like, I don't trust men. Like it'd be like a female owner. Yeah. Totally illegal to discriminate. And But we would just know like you're just not going to be able to get that place if you're a guy. So then when a guy comes in, you just say there's no vacancy there? Um, you could say that or you would just – yeah, you, you, you mean to save yourself time, you could be like, yeah, there's just – there's nothing right now. Mm-hmm. Or you could um, – you'd show them the place because technically you have to show them. If, if they if ask to see that place, yeah, if, and if it's a, you know, especially if there's like promoted vacancies about it, right? And then you you would tell them that like, oh, there's just there's a lot of applicants for that place right now. So if you get it, you know, I'll let you know if you get it. And then we'd just be like, you didn't get it, man. Mm-hmm. And the place would still be sitting empty because the and they'd pay the applicant fee. Of course. <sighs> yeah, yeah. That's just the way it's. That was like. This is how this is done. Right. Yeah. Oh, what other kind of um, illegal parameters were there? Um, or illegal requests? Well, they're, it's, it's just like old school land. Like you just knew. They're like, oh, that, you know, the, the lady that owns that or the guy is Chinese. And like he basically just wants Asian people in his building. Mm-hmm. So you just knew somebody not Asian is probably not going to get in there. Okay. So there were probably That's all totally the – totally illegal. Classically yeah. racist things. A hundred percent. Anything um, more unusual? No, no, just discriminating against like usually sex and race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically it. And they were like, you know, you couldn't really say it, and they wouldn't really. You would just get, you would get. Oh, they wouldn't even be. Specific they wouldn't about tell it. me like, don't bring somebody like that. Like somebody who's like twenty years older than me would be like, oh, you know, that's so and so's place. Like, just forget it. Like, it's a waste of time. Yeah. They're just. They're gonna. You're gonna give them that paperwork. They're gonna see like a man's name, and they're just not gonna get it. So six weeks of that. Six weeks of that. What of, happened after six weeks? Went to work for America's Most Wanted in Washington, D.C. But did you intend to stay on with the real estate and then you got a job or you left yeah, to go I, get a, a I job? I interned at America's Most Wanted in college and it went really well. I had a good time doing it. And then the reason I went to Boston to do that because a friend of mine was doing it. Okay. And he was like, dude, it's so easy and it's so much money. Especially like out of school money, like when you're, yeah, like we're just you're showing up and you're have no experience and you're making a couple thousand a week. You're like, wow, this is like, mm-hmm. this is crazy, it's compelling. It is like, if I would have stayed there, I would have made probably a hundred thousand with zero real estate experience that year. <laughs> like that kind of, you know, out of school. That's that's pretty. But yeah, I so knew that I didn't want to do it. Like because I just wanted to do other things that when I got the call, I got the call from the guy that I interned for. It was like, do you want to come work here for much less money? But it's like in TV and blah. I was like, yes. So mm-hmm. I just – I went to D.C. the first day of work, my first day of work as a full-time guy. What were you, a producer or – I was a research – analyst slash you know research producer i forget the actual but the whole gig was like to basically research people that we could profile stories we could do Mm -hmm. on the air our first my first day there was september 10th 2001 wow so i get back i get back to dc next day terror attacks which Mm -hmm. included the pentagon so everything in dc 
changes and the show becomes like basically we're just going to profile terrorism for like forever. That's like kind of how it changes. After a couple months, I was like, I don't really, I just, I just realized I didn't want to do it. I was like, this is not the gig for me. Yeah. So now at that point, did you, was, did you think you wanted to do behind the scenes? I thought I did, even though I knew I had like, I had, I know I had a desire already then for comedy stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was, you know, I did like comedy stuff in college, but it was more along the lines of like basically making shorts, like what you see online now, YouTube stuff. We would just do that and show it in class or just show it to our friends. So that was kind of the instrument to be funny. Mm -hmm. After three months at America's Most Wanted, I was just like, I want to go do that stuff again. So I just packed up. And came to L.A.? I came to L.A. And did you have friends out here? One guy. One guy that I knew out here, he went to college with me. He was from L.A. So we moved in together. And then I, I don't know, I got an internship at Copelson Entertainment. What is that? Copelson Entertainment, they, they made The Fugitive like, and a bunch of those like thriller-type films. Mm-hmm. Um, Murder at 1600, a lot of uh, Platoon, the guy made. Um, so all films kind of in that genre. I just wanted to get a job. Like doing, so, I I did like script coverage, which is I would read scripts and give them notes. That is that something that you do at night, um, or did you do it in the day? I did it during the day. Then a producer there hired me to do it. Um, his well, he referred me to a producer who hired me to do it full like during the day, like as a job. He would give me, and this guy was a, a producing films. The guy now, oddly enough, I did that. So I did the internship. Then I did it paid for this guy. Mm-hmm. That guy is now engaged to Sofia Vergara. And, oh, wow. And he doesn't do anything with TV or movies anymore except bang a TV star. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he still has one foot in it. Yeah. So yeah. to speak. Randy, so to speak. Randy has that same internship that he has. And he does her coverage uh-huh. at night and during the day. Yeah, really? I, yeah. Daniel used to do that. Yeah. He, and he lived with people who all did it. And I don't know. I don't know why that's my sense of a schedule. But they it would was, all stay up at night, and then he constantly complains about how like he'll sit at the office all day, and they won't give him anything to do. And then at nine thirty at night, he'll get an email with a script like, "We need this covered by the morning." Yeah. Oh God, no! Mine was a little was a different schedule than that. But they would give me like ten scripts. The worst part was that you can tell ninety nine percent of times. Whether a script is good or bad within the first 10 pages. And you get scripts sometimes that are 90, 100, 100 and some pages long. They always insisted, no matter how bad a script is, that you read the entire script and be able to talk about well, – like be well informed mm-hmm. as to why this isn't a good script. It became absolutely – just disheartening to read bad script after bad script. And I like just would be like this. I would start to like my, my, my analysis of these scripts started to go from kind of well articulated to this is a pile of garbage. <laughs> you know, like that's what would be in my notes. And uh-huh. they were like, um, excuse me. I'm like, this is horrible. Was anything good? Yes. Sometimes things were good. And I still remember that, um, I didn't cover it when it came in, but one of the other people did when I was still at Cobleson. This girl wrote a script that uh, that they eventually – it became a movie 
they paid her a million dollars for the script. Wow. And we were all there. It was, it was super exciting to be in the office like when that happened because they were like, this script is amazing. It became a film that starred um, – what is her name? She goes to all the University of Kentucky basketball games. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, you know what I mean? She married – she was married to a race car driver. I think they just got divorced. Ashley – Yes, Wait, Ashley, Ashley Judd. Judd. Yes. Oh. Okay, movie think, that starred Ashley Judd. I think she, it was Ashley Judd, and it was like a cop, you know, murder thriller mm-hmm. type. I can't believe I forget the name, but I forget the name. High but Crimes? I, what's that? The High Crimes, the one with uh, Samuel. Uh, is, that, is that what it's called? Hold on a second. I feel like it's called something else. Well, they, we'll uh, find it. Yeah. Well, anyways, it was just – that was like the exciting day for me when I was interning there just to like be there for that kind of yeah that, that build they were right. like this is the thing and then then double we're all jeopardy. talking about it what's that double jeopardy that mm, I don't think it was double jeopardy all right I'll stop guessing yeah <laughs> but it was another it was something in that in that whatever that genre right um so anyways I, soon after that I was like I don't know if I want to do this either I feel like I want to do more performance stuff I, joined, I, I went to the Groundlings school. Mm-hmm. For people who don't know, it's like it's an improv troupe, but they also have a school. So I signed up there, started going to classes, met comedians in class who like encouraged me to go try stand up. Started doing stand up, and then went from there. Now Groundlings typically teaches improv, right? Or do they improv. also do have stand up classes? Oh, no, no, just improv. Okay, and were yeah. you doing improv also? Or did was, you sort of realize stand-up is more what you want to do? I didn't really realize. I mean, it was just that when I was doing improv, other, you know, there's com- there's stand-ups in my improv class. Mm-hmm. They were the ones who were like, you would really like stand-up. Like, I, I didn't think I, w- I wasn't planning on doing that. They're like, you are not good at teamwork yeah, you're and you're not, not listening well. You're not doing this at all. <laughs> you suck at this, man. And, yeah, so that was the message I got. But, no, <laughs> they took me out, went to do it. Sam Tripoli is a guy who mm-hmm. did He was in my class – like whatever, a dozen years ago, Nick Wagner. And then the thing is that once you start doing stand-up, or when I did, and you go, oh, yeah, and like I get to control the whole thing. Yeah. And you you just like it. It's like it's so addictive. You just keep doing it. And so was that – that was it for you and the stand-up ever since? Or? Yeah, yeah, that was it. I mean I I graduated from like a couple levels – I remember they called me. They call you to do writing lab, which is mm-hmm. like the next level. By that time, I was already doing stand-up a lot. So I turned it down. Then they call you again to see if you want to take the writing lab class. I turn it down again. Then they don't call you again. I wish I would have done it just because I bet it would have been a good experience. But I just mm-hmm. stopped. Um, did you do open mics and things at the beginning? Um, very few. I, I did more like bringer shows. Uh-huh. I didn't know what the world was. I didn't under like now you can see it for what it is. But at the time, like I got introduced to the f- the first gig I ever did. I, it was a book show because the guy that introduced me to the booker was like, he's a comic. And I was like, yeah, I do stand up. I didn't know what the <laughs> fuck I was doing. And then I just kind of worked in that circle. I did some open mics, but not a lot of them. Mm-hmm. And, and then I got lucky. And I got booked. I got booked early on at the improv. And then they gave me work pretty early as a stand-up. Has your style of comedy changed much since? Oh, immensely. How? Um, I'm able to, like, talk about, like, my life now. 
like talk about life experiences. I think that like the longer you do it, it's literally that thing where they're like, you know, you, you get on stage more, you get more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. Like the longer you do it, you're able to just be yourself on stage. So I'm able to just talk about everyday things or whatever's on my mind. Whereas when you start out, it's really scripted. I mean, like to to the lat to the absolute to a pause. Like you're like this. I pause right here, then I start saying this, and it's kind of like beat out like that. You mm-hmm. know, those joke joke like heavy heavy into the how you're going to construct this joke. I think the longer you do it, for me, it's now like you know I can talk about what happened today. Do you think that that is exclusively a function of just ha- having done comedy for a while, or do you think that what audiences expect is changing a little. This sounds like an essay question. I don't intend it to be one. Um, because of podcasts and things where like people who know you, they're used to listening to you in more of a freeform setting. Oh, no, that's an interesting question. I mean, that definitely applies. I think even without podcasts, comedy always changes. So you kind of have to be like paying attention, you know, like not yeah. that you have to like not do what you want to do or try to be somebody else, but it it does change. Comedy changes and you kind of have to be involved and you change with it, you know. So I don't think any good comic would ever say that, like, I'm the same person I've been for the last 20 years on stage. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm pretty terrible. We can right. tell. Yeah. So you, you kind of move along with it. I do find that, like, when I have a heavy, heavy podcast turnout to a show, it almost feels weird to do material to them. Does it feel dishonest? Or it feels like I'm putting them on. Yeah. Like, and they're like, what are you doing right now? You know what I mean? Like, like they just want you. Is it like they just want you to sit in a chair and just chat with them? I feel like that's what they want. Mm-hmm. And like, I've done shows where like Christine and I did um, stand up, but we did stand up to a totally podcast audience. And it's funny, like they were into the stand up. But anytime I made reference to personal life that I had talked about on the podcast, the reaction was way crazier. Like yeah. it was like this is what we want to hear. I was like, wow, this is so different than my weekly experience of going out and just doing stand up. Mm-hmm. And we're like, usually if you do a room, there's 300 people there. Let's say 50 are podcast fans. It's just they're just they're great that they're there. And but you don't really separate the fact that they're there with regular stand up fans. But when you do just a podcast audience and you do stand up. Is definitely different. How did you know it was just a podcast audience? Because we promoted that show like just so hardcore on the podcast uh-huh. that we knew that the people buying tickets for it were listening to the podcast to get there. And do you do live podcasts? We do. Yeah, we do. It's a great, it's a great time. We did Houston and Dallas last month. We flew out there just to do the podcast live in each city. It was bananas. It was crazy. Like people were the the Houston show it was like a rock show and we came out and energy like you would not believe and we just did the podcast and it was like it was unbelievable mm-hmm. yeah i'd never seen that type of reaction even really to like with stand up it was crazy is that a place that I guess basically the question I'm asking is what do you attribute that to? But I'm wondering, is that a place that you guys tend to do really well anyway or? No, I mean, you know, I, I, Houston's a good market for us like, as far as like I think it's in our top 15. Mm-hmm. So it's not like top five, but it's not, you know, bottom of the barrel. But 
it was just, I think it was just a, you know, part of it was just the people that are there. The, I mean, they were just, they were excited for it. It was exactly what you would want for a live show. Like mm-hmm. there was a buildup, a lot of anticipation. The venue was perfect for it. We went to this um, rock club uh, called, uh, my God, Fitzgerald's. Mm-hmm. And so they usually do rock shows. And everybody was like tightly sat in there. The air conditioning broke, so it was hot. <laughs> And there was just – it was just great energy, you know. And it's funny. Like we do on our show, there's like a lot of, you know, drops. Like there's mm-hmm. sound, audio right. drops. And every one of those was like – it was like a band playing a hit. Yes. You know what I mean? Every time we, a, an audio thing, people would scream out stuff. It was crazy. Yeah, it was yeah. way beyond our wildest expectations. That um, – that's how it – has been for us when we have done the Adam Carolla show at Caroline's uh-huh. for some reason it's just that's just how it is at Caroline's for us and it's like you just feel like you're floating on their energy like everything yes. you say is hitting yes. and it's so un- I mean I, I didn't go back and listen to those shows but I have a feeling if I did I'd be like oh that that probably wasn't as strong as it felt <laughs> I think yeah, yeah. You just every, they, they love everything versus other shows where it's like no that was funny yeah you should be enjoying this more <laughs> There was a funny thing too is like we have this whole idea. We you know we normally do the show like this. We're sitting across from each other. People let you know what they found funny. Mm-hmm. But then you're putting us in front of an audience. We're stand-ups. We're normally used to like you, you, you're just always building towards laughs. Right. And then we're like what like how often do we – like are we supposed to go for laughs? Like it's almost hard to gauge – how do we do this with them there? Yes. You know? That, yes. I, that I totally relate to because I've done my podcast live and it's been, and Gary knows, there's been this constant, it's it's constantly trying to figure out what is the live version of my podcast? Right. Is it just this show with in front of a live audience? Yeah. Or is it something that's a little more a combination of stand-up and this? And I don't know. Like, I, is it something where there's a lot of guests? Is it something where there's just one? I don't know. I'm, I'm always trying to figure out what it is that would be the best show and what, what exactly does the audience want? And yeah. I don't know. It's and th- hard to figure out. It's hard to figure out. But I think that's the whole thing is that you, you got to keep doing them to figure it out. Right. Because you don't really know. Right. You don't know, like, do I do I go for a joke right here? Yeah. Do I just keep it, like, act like there's no audience here, which feels completely insincere? Right. That feels you like know? then it's like going to see a, your favorite TV show being taped or something. Yeah. But you're watching it taped behind a glass wall, right? You're right. Gonna, like, I'm not going to act like – you have to act like they're there. Yeah. Yeah. Although there, some fans, I think, would be fine with just watching you do it. I think you're totally right. Uh, it's but that almost feels like, wrong if you feels are wrong, sort of a performer. And your instinct is to play play to, to the them. room. Yeah, yeah, of course. And then you step back though, and you're like, although a much greater number of people are the ones who are downloading this. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, 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 exactly. But you don't want to put on a bad show either. No. See, these are all the things we deal with. Exactly. So let's take a quick break, and then when we come back, I want to talk to you about um, how you met your wife. Okay. Allison, Rosie. Available now in the comedy album section of iTunes and on AllisonRosen.com. A special episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend, live from the LA Podcast Festival with guests Greg Proops and Doug Benson. They give you the, they give you the receipt. They give you the receipt, a couple of dollars, two yeah. dimes, a like nickel, and a penny, give you and they change. shove it all at you like you're just supposed to take all that different right. information. Oh. Stick it in your wallet. 
pouch. What's their question? This goes in my garbage wallet pocket immediately. <laughs> Thanks, thank you for giving me garbage wallet pocket stuff. <laughs> could you throw it overhand at me and I could try to catch it with my garbage wallet pocket? <laughs> seen my old wallet. It was I had to embrace whatever the next thing was because I feel bad that I shit I on this segment. Now. The question is, do you also hate when this happens? Yeah, because you get too many things at once. It's <laughs> like being given a big yeah. basket of stuff or whatever. Like, I'm not ready for it all now. Yeah, it's like you're in porn and suddenly there's four dicks. What are you going to do with right, that? Right, right. It's like money bukkake. <laughs> and a receipt. Money bukkake? Did you really just say that? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Subscribe to Allison Rosen as your new best friend on iTunes or go to AllisonRosen.com. Only from Corolla Digital. Allison's your new best friend. Hey, you guys, it's me, Allison. Hope you're enjoying this break, but hope you aren't enjoying it too much because it's almost over. I want to tell you that we're going to be performing again live this year at the LA Podcast Festival. That will be on Sunday, October 6th at noon. Write it on your hand. Uh, we'll all be there. I'll be there. Gary will be there. Matt Fondelier will be there. Chris Loxamana will be there. Special guest Doug Benson will be there. And special musical. Did you hear that sound? That was the door closing. I'm recording this. On my iPhone, because I'm a professional. Anyway, Matt Costa will be there. He's a musician, and he does that song, the one that sounds like this. Oh, Mr. Pitt, oh, Mr. Pitt, Mr. Pitiful, who let you down? That was not a good rendition of it. But anyway, he's great. We're all great. So go. You can get tickets at LA Pod... No, sorry, excuse me. (laughs) Oh, boy. LAPodfest.com. Okay, I'm going to end this now. Because it smells like mothballs. Love you, bye. All right, we are back. Still with Tom Segura. Yay. Yay. He's trying to find the name of this movie. Um, Have you found it? I think... I want to say it might be Twisted, which had a different title. It makes sense. It came out in 2004. Twisted stars Ashley Judd, Samuel L. Jackson, Andy Garcia. I want to say... I want to say this is correct. Um, let's see. Produced by, hmm, yep, the Copelsons. That's yeah, it. Okay, good. Guys, we solved it. That I means, like, yeah, I feel. You feel good relief. for me. It, uh, yeah, and for the listeners. And and the writer is Sarah Thorpe. Oh, so that uh, was, let's give her credit. Congratulations, Sarah. How's your million? I bet it's gone by now. Probably. Hmm. Um, all right. So how did you meet Christina? I met her doing stand-up. Uh, there was a – it might still be there – a club on L.A. On L.A.? <laughs> Probably in as well. Probably in it mm-hmm. uh, on Sunset called The Cat Club. It was owned by a guitar player from – I forget some band. I forget. A pretty well-known band. Mm-hmm. Anyways, a small club. They did stand-up I think Saturdays or Closed. something. Closed. R.I.P. Rip, man. Yo, rest in peace, Cat Club. Pour one out. Mm. Can I put his coffee on the floor? (laughs) Please (laughs) please don't. (laughs) Pour a little bit of your Starbucks out. (laughs) That will bring some ants right up your ass. Oh, God. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, but if you have found out information about the club, let's find out what guitarist owned it. Is that right there, Gary? Okay, he's finding it. Okay, so you were doing, you were performing there. I go out, I was just meeting. Slim Jim Phantom of the Stray Cats. There you go, Stray Cats. There you go. That makes sense, the Cat Club. Um, 
I go, I'm just, I'm new. So everyone's new to you. Mm -hmm. And I'm standing outside of the cat club one time. And it's very much towards the beginning of this. Beginning of of my doing stand up, yeah. And I see uh, this blonde. She's got knee high boots, like some type of fishnet thing. She's smoking a cigarette. She's like, hey, what's up, man? (laughs) Like, yeah, shit's fucking crazy. And somebody was like, hey, this is Christina. I was like, hey. And she was like, whatever. (laughs) I was like, all right. And uh, wait, what does that all right mean? Like, okay. And she was like, yeah, like, cool. Fuck, good set, bro. Whatever. You, you tool. And I was like, okay. Was she and, being? No, she was. She was okay. She was, she wasn't being like that. She was just. She wasn't being surly. No, no. She was smoking her cigarette, though. Okay. And um, almost immediately, someone told me she had a boyfriend. That's what mm-hmm. I remember. I remember someone being like, she has a boyfriend. Because I was like, yeah, I like blondes. What's up? And then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so but then she became like you know we became friends mm-hmm. and there's just like a, a group of us that like started around that same time that we're still friends now like Christina uh, Ryan Sickler Jay Larson Matt Fulshron these are all just guys that like we yes. all Gary's a fan of them hell yeah love you know, the crab feast cra- oh, fuck the crab feast man five stars, five stars. Um, no they're great guys so we're all buddies but we were all kind of started around the same point and we all used to do these shows together and sometimes like Christina used to book a show eventually at Tangier which was a place on uh, Hillhurst I think mm-hmm. um, kind of Los Feliz area I'd put on a show like down at the Comedy Union on Pico and we would always whoever was doing a show we would just book each other, you know, that was because we were all just friendly and we liked each other and everybody thought everybody was fun. Like, we were, it was just our crew. So. What year was this about? This would have the began around 2002. So, yeah. Um, and then Christina and I were always just friendly to each other, you know. She came to a birthday party I had. I went to her. Her boyfriend at the time passed the bar. And a whole group of us went out, mm-hmm. like 15 of us went out to celebrate with them. We ended up at a strip club. And she says that, like, she asked somebody, like, who should I get? What stripper should I get to dance for my boyfriend? And they were all like, oh, ask Tom. He'd be the guy to know about that stuff. <laughs> so she likes to bring up that she was like, hey, Tom, everyone thinks you're, like, the stripper fucking whisperer. So... <laughs> Who should I get to dance? I was like, that's that's the one you want over there. So she thinks I'm this this total fucking. Are you? No, no. I was just I was a single guy, I guess, in, in the group. But she thought I was like on a first name basis with everybody or something. <laughs> so anyway, we all hung out, and then one day, a friend of mine um, told me that she was single, that they had broken up, and he and he said he said something like, you know, she mentioned you or she like she asked about you I think you should call her and ask her out so I called her up and I was like what are you doing this weekend and she was like nothing (laughs) and I go do you want to go on a hike because I didn't know what like Uh that was like the LA cool thing to do right gonna go to Runyon Canyon or something and she was like "Uh, no (laughs) and I go (laughs) love that answer all right so I guess I'll call you some other time like I didn't have a Uh follow-up question and she was like okay so she actually said no. Did you think she was rejecting you or the hike? At the time, I just thought 
I think I probably thought she was turning me down. I was like, you want to go on a hike? She was like, not really. Had you ever hiked Runyon? Yeah. Because I thought it was like, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. This is what you do here. Yeah, I think you have to. Yeah. You're like, Runyon's the shit. So cool. <laughs> you meet so many cool people. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I just, I thought that was like a, at the t- I literally probably thought that was a creative date to go on. Then the next time I saw, I. Wait, wait, to be fair, it is, it's it's a pretty innocuous date, except yeah. for people who don't enjoy hiking. Yeah, and she definitely does not. Um, but it's not like do you want to? It's not the pressure of dinner, right? And I should have asked her out dinner. But the great thing is that we ended up hanging out at. She moved out of the place she was living with her boyfriend, moved in with a friend of mine, so I had to go hang out there. Did you then, like her? Like her the whole time? I I liked her. I always, but like to me, when somebody is. Uh, unavailable i don't think of them mm-hmm. like oh yeah i hope they break up soon you know what i mean right. like, they had like a long term relationship i wasn't like thinking of it i always liked her because i thought she was great you know right. she was fun she was funny she was cool she was you know just fun to be around I, I enjoyed being around her talking to her i always thought she was attractive but like you know i don't you didn't go there mentally cuz you knew yeah just it was kind of like you know what do you what's the point right okay so I was just slamming it in other chicks around town. I wasn't really, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Were you a man whore? No, I wasn't. She tends to think I am because I don't know the names of a lot of girls that I've slept with. But it's not that many girls. Was it a lot of one-night stands? Yeah. Or are you just bad with names? No, one-night stands. But it's not a level that you would be like, oh, my God. you're mm-hmm. at it. it literally would be like one, then like months would go by, somebody else. You know, it wasn't like that. Right. It wasn't like, dude, there was a few years where right. I lost count. It right. It's like, just like you periodically got lucky. Yes. Did yeah. you have any relationships though? Not a lot. I would go out with people a few times. I just wasn't good at it. I'm not good at dating. I, I also did, I didn't have a, like a crazy, I'm also lazy. <laughs> so I, I attribute a lot of it to laziness. Mm-hmm. Like I would want to get laid. And then the idea of having to get dressed and go out was like a lot. I'd be like, I just stay home. Is that laziness or is that self? Is that um, self consciousness or like a? Is no, that that can be laziness. Oh, yeah. I know it can be. I'm just wondering um, if there was any sort. If if you tend to be reclusive at all or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I am more of a, a like a total loner type. You know, I don't like the typical social settings for young like i'm 34 now but Mm -hmm. like at 22 i didn't like clubs then either right so like where where my friends would be like let's go here i'd be like i don't want to go there that sounds like that sucks man do you um and i also didn't really pursue people i would end up with people who gave me like a lot of signals or who made it real easy Mm -hmm. I, i would not be like i'm gonna chase that girl right you know what i mean right did do you or did you at the time get social anxiety at all? Mm. Yeah, to a certain degree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it was like crippling social mm-hmm. anxiety, but like, yeah, I just, I didn't do well in the social settings of my age group. I was like an older guy in a younger guy's body. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I, I got along way better with people 10 years older than me when I was in my early 20s. So. Are you, do you have siblings? Two. Older or younger? I'm in the middle. Mm-hmm. Have you always gotten along better with people who are older than you? Yes. Like, were you the kid that got along well with adults? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Were you a good good kid, good student? Good kid, 
very lazy student, so I didn't do very well until I got to college. Very poor student in high school. Mm-hmm. But it was really like more laziness. Right. I was pretty lazy. You don't seem lazy. I, I believe I'm not that lazy you are. Now. But, oh, you're not, not now. I mean, I'm lazy in that I love a lazy day, but my I'm, my schedule is pretty pretty packed. I mean, I'm I'm a busy person. I'm always mm-hmm. working on something. I'm writing stuff. I'm traveling. I'm performing. I'm doing podcasts. I'm like I I don't like take you know give into it. Yeah, I don't I don't take a lot of days off. I mean, I love shit. I love to sleep in, mm-hmm. but I don't really get to do that that much. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so you were hanging out at your. So she moved in with your friend, mm-hmm. and you would go over there and hang out well, while he, slamming he it in other chicks. Right. He. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, he set it up like oh, okay. come over, hang out. Did. Wait, is that up. the same friend that said you should call her? Yes. Oh. And then I went over there, hung out. We got along well. It wasn't like, oh, this is you know a thing now. But then I was like, well, you know, I'd love to do it again or whatever. And then she. Uh, it was like, oh, we should go to this bar where they let you smoke. <laughs> so there's the opposite of do you want to go on a hike is let's go to this bar where you can smoke. <laughs> right. So we went there and then we just, you know, it just kept going. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then how soon did you move in together after that and get oh, married and stuff? We, my God, I'm trying to figure out. I think we started dating, Um, like let's say – End of '04, beginning of 2005. Mm-hmm. And then we oh, got, wow. So you were friends for a long time. We were friends since '02. Mm-hmm. And then started dating, I think, like, let's say, beginning of '05. I think. I'm, I get confused with the years now. But then we got married in '08, the end of '08. So almost five years we've been married. Oh, wait. And so now, so you've been married five years now. Almost five. Yeah. Right. How's it going? Great. Oh, my God. You just, I got a panic attack. Oh, my God. I just thought that my anniversary was past for a second. <laughs> when you said five years, I was like, wait, it's not, it hasn't come up yet, right? Uh, yeah, it's going great. It's awesome. I love being married. It's fun. Okay, let's talk dogs. Are you married now? Not yet. But it's coming up. It's coming. Yeah, well, so when I did your podcast, I think that I was thinking December. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I had been. I think I was pretty freshly engaged and all the the wedding planning That's stuff right. We happening. just talked about the engagement. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and not like much. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I do still like him. Yeah, all the important things are in place except for most or any of the wedding planning, other than we sort of know where. Like we're trying, we're trying to to plan shit, but I don't know. It's just maybe that's where my laziness is mm-hmm. is comes in trying the, to like make this thing. It's just it's it's a lot of decisions which i don't enjoy the worst part is just like all the logistics stuff yes yeah it's the worst that's my least favorite thing the worst in life yeah um so now december is obviously like that's just too soon that just can't happen so it's good i don't know maybe early maybe spring spring. wedding's nice right yeah i'm trying to do it basically the cutoff is before official expensive wedding season starts okay prices change around april or may so it's gotta be before then yeah local are you going to do a destination or what i um i we're, I think Santa Barbara. Oh. Yeah. So that is – which nice. that I would not – I know. That's the problem. Mm. The the hand went up in a oh, nice. And the pro, the problem oh, being expe- a little on the expensive side. Yeah, so that's what we're trying to figure out a way to do it. It's also your wedding. So make yeah. it, you know. I know. I, have, know. Uh, why don't you have the ace man fucking write a check? Jesus. 
do enough for him. What the fuck? I know. Did you know that Howard Stern gave Robin a Mercedes? No. Yeah. Do you know when is Adam doing that for you? Um, probably any day now. What did? Uh, <laughs> what was the occasion? Was there an occasion? I don't even know. I just uh, on the Howard. 100 channel so i just i just got satellite radio so uh-huh. all of a sudden i'm like oh this is what everyone has been talking about uh and they play old shows and i still haven't figured out the schedule of when they play old shows versus when they play current shows but there's one show where she was talking about how it all happened i don't know what the occasion was it may have just been i feel like there may have been no occasion it might have been just to let her know how important she is to him wow and he's always talking about how if anything happened to her he would never do the show again just be cancer right so maybe that's something you could look into i mean i'll do whatever it takes for a benz yeah Yeah, that's cool no i think it's like there are certain jobs where it's like i might get a car out of this and there's certain ones where you know this is not where that's going to happen yeah this isn't this this right here yeah no bends <laughs> i don't think so. no i don't think i don't i don't think that kind of perker bonus will ever trickle down although hey i'm open to it but i just don't think there's so. there's some cars sitting around here i know would he even notice if i took one that one is so gorgeous which one the the lambo the, yeah oh my god yeah that do you know how much that car is worth? No. This I, do, I actually don't know exactly, mm-hmm. but I don't really know shit about car expenses and whatnot. So mm. if someone – I would have guessed maybe like, I don't know, a couple hundred thousand or something. That was your guess? I, that's what I would have guessed. Okay. Because I just don't know this kind of stuff. Yeah. I think it's – Gary, it's more in the realm of like 750000 Yeah. Is or it really? Is that, is and, that, and up. Or up, yeah. Uh, he That's what he paid for that? No. No, he paid less, but that's how much it's worth. What is it? What model is it? It's a Mura. That, it, it, it really- Lamborghini Mura. It is a beautiful, beautiful car. I mean, I'm sure you guys have posted pictures of it everywhere. Yeah, people, yeah, people yeah, know that. He has a number cast. of- But that's not the only he has one. has a number of that? He has a number of those, he right? Has, he has two or three of those. I now, think. how did the value go up? Just because the value of the car has gone up or because of the work he's done to it? Both. 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 He bought, I think, I can't remember if it's that one or the other one that he bought for like 20 grand that was a shit show and then he put like 200 into it. But there was a car that he bought for 20, and I, I'm roughing these numbers up, but he bought it for 20, put like 200 into it, and when the guy handed the keys back to him after the restoration was done, it was appraised at like 675. Oh my God. That, that Mura is a showstopper. Yeah, is... he's, he doesn't drive that. That one, that particular one's been sitting Does he have a ton of cars? His we counted it's like thirty two or what really yeah I mean that includes how does that compare to the number of women you put it into that's more okay yeah, yeah so uh, you're yeah. definitely not a man yeah, no but he's a car slut but he will talk frequently about how people give him shit for the amount of money he spends on cars but they're all really good investments if your car purchasing or spending actually increase first of all I it mean does it does increase itself. right yeah. so I'm saying you know. Most people, when they th- hear if somebody is spending money on a car, it's on new cars that are out. and every- Right. It's a car to drive. If you buy a car, it, you immediately it depreciates the moment you drive it off the lot. That's yeah. across the board. But if you talk about classic cars, then that's a, it's a different ballgame. It's a whole different world. Yeah. Like calls- 25 of those cars, I think, are either classic investment cars or race cars yeah that's that's a totally different thing than saying like i bought an escalade i bought a bentley <laughs> like that's just yeah, that's where money that. goes I mean, down his yeah. main car he just jaguar just gives him he doesn't even yeah jaguar just gives him yeah i don't understand Fuck, how you man. get to be one of those people where 
car companies just give you their cars, but there are people like that. There, always, oh, I, I know he, about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so not how, for me, but I know what people. What is it? What, what is it involved? Well, it's just your, your level of exposure. Same. Yeah, absolutely. And if you go like, especially if you're, you let a car company know and then that they're going to get, they're going to be associated with like, you know, your morning show or whatever. Right. Or you're going to say something. Absolutely. They would definitely give you a car. Let's get, let's get fucking Allison Rose in a car. What if... She's got a beautiful new car out there. I right? actually, do, I what actually just, I, a Mercedes. <laughs> but Adam didn't buy her. Motherfucker. No. Which Mercedes she is it? She waited it out. It's, it's the C250. It's beautiful. the entry level. Those are beautiful. Thank you. Can we look at it after this? Yes, we can. And I, w- I just want to say, I found out about the whole Robin Howard Mercedes situation after I got the car. Yeah. I don't want people to think that I was like, oh, God damn it, I will, I will just have to do it myself. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But I had this thing, but you drive a Mercedes too, right? Uh, I drive an old one, yeah, ninety eight. I love that car. I saw yeah. your car in the parking lot. I my dad has one of those or had one. That's just a classically beautiful car design. It's it, it, fun what, to drive. It's fun to drive. The funny thing is that every time if I if I go to a Mercedes dealership, like the mechanics will come out just to be like, Yeah, we don't get to work on them like this anymore. <laughs> like they literally admire the the way the car is built. Uh and like it, it it's nothing compared to the bells and whistles of the new ones, but they love mm-hmm. the body style, the way the the thing is a tank. I mean, it's almost five thousand pound car. Wow, but it's, they're so the, functional. Like, yeah, there's nothing in that car that doesn't need to be in that car. Yeah, yeah. It's not like the, the current SLs are spaceships on the inside, which yeah. is cool. Whatever, it's cool, yeah. but that's you say it was a ninety two. 98. 98? That yeah. was probably one of the first years of that particular body style. Yeah. And those cars, that's just a classic design. Like, that car is going to look, yeah. that car will look sick in 20 years. Yeah, I think so. I think it'll always have that yeah. a sweet look to it. Yeah. Well, I had this thing. So, I, the car I had before was also, it was a 98, and mm-hmm. it was a Honda. And um, I'd had it forever, and it was not fun to drive at all. But Did I, mechanics come out and. <laughs> we we never get to wrench on one of these Honda Accords. <laughs> wow. Is that a CD player? Can I? I've never seen one of those. Um, yeah. So uh, I had this thing, though, that that Mercedes were snobby people cars. Yeah. So as much as I wanted one, I, I was like, I don't know if I can do that or not. I'm, yeah. That's not me. But then eventually I was like, you know what? It's actually – it's not exorb- – uh, it's not – that luxurious, really, or and it's not that expensive compared to you know what people I think imagine Mercedes are because they have the the entry level ones. I'm just oh, trying to yeah. justify the fact that I feel a little bit like I look like an asshole oh, or right. something. No, but, but I don't think I do. No, 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 no. I think I put that on. I think I attach that to the right. car more than other people do. Sure. But yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean, there's the and, and the whole car game has changed where that used to be a thing where there's certain brands that are just for assholes. a certain price point though yeah. which is why you associate it with assholes but the whole car world changed and now you know you can get into a mercedes well, a bmw an, there's an awesome new mercedes four door that cla looks, yeah it looks it's so good looking Fucking it's like 20 so have you bu- seen those or on the road yet do I they have them on the road because that I, it was I this big waiting this questioning Gorgeous thing car. that I was going through, Beautiful. wondering. I think it's twenty nine is the entry. Yeah, point. I think it might be twenty nine nine or something. Oh, twenty nine nine. Okay, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, I, I think you're, you're. I think you're right because I was really debating. Should which I is still wait? reasonable, very reasonable. Yeah, oh, right. Oh, I was like, right. Should I wait till this one comes? It's front wheel drive. Okay. Um, and it is. Well, see, here's the thing. The dealers kept saying, "Oh, it's it's really like a two seater. It's so small." 
Mm-hmm. I think they were just trying to get me to buy a car then, you know, because yeah. they sort of have a surplus. The one, the one I got, I think the dealers have a, a lot of those around, and they're like, "What are we going to do with these once this new thing comes out?" Is the C two fifty? Is that a that's a four door? It's a four door. Okay. Yeah, but they kept telling me how small the CLA is, mm-hmm. and then I looked up the specs. I'm like, it's really not. I think it's the same. It's possibly an inch wider. <laughs> so, but yeah. I ended up just. They'll say anything. Yeah, you I ended up getting the car you buy then. A car? I bought it, yeah. Wow, look at you. Look at you. That's right. Rose and Roland Doe. Yeah. Did you lease your 98? <laughs> so, uh, I got a new lease on a 98. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Um, so, dogs. Man, I love that dog. We we rescued a dog. Theo Huxtable. Theo Huxtable. Segura? Segura, correct. Mm-hmm. We rescued him. Brussels Griffin? Yes. Um, he's got a little bit of something else in him. It's terrier or mm-hmm. something. Uh, but we rescued him in March. Very sick. And he got more sick. And it was yeah. awful. What happened? Um, well, basically, when we picked him up from the place, he had kennel cough, mm-hmm. which is quite common from these shelters. And, you know, we obviously we went to the vet. We got him all checked out. They gave us medicine. And he just went downhill. I mean, we were taking care of him, but he just went. He got worse. And then we went back to the vet, and they're like, you need to go to the emergency room. Were you freaking out? Um, I knew something was wrong before we went to the vet for the follow-up. I didn't think they were going to – I thought they were going to be like, yeah, he needs this medicine now. Mm-hmm. That's where I thought oh. it was going. When they said go to the emergency room, yes, I was worried. But it wasn't until we gave him to like the vet in the emergency room that we realized – how bad he like what type of shape he was in mm-hmm. it was horrible horrible and they were like yeah you know we don't know if he'll make it and i was Aww. like what and this was after like basically after 10 days of just kind of nursing this guy yeah. um and christina did most of that i had to leave town but you know we were just it was like a it was like adopting a baby right and yeah he got really sick and then they gave us the whole we don't know if he's gonna make it it was tough. Like we were just broke. We were just both crying like crazy. And then after a few days of this unbelievably expensive <laughs> um, animal hospital bill, they were like, yeah, we saw an improvement today. And we were just like over the moon. And um, he was basically in the hospital for like a week. We got him back, you know, kept him on medicine for another like two or three weeks. Uh-huh. And now he's totally normal, healthy. Good. Happy. Yeah. Um, do you guys take them on the road? Yeah, Christina does primarily. I've taken them a few times, but, you know, the whole reason we got the dog was like, she was like, I want to have a companion mm-hmm. on the road. So she got, you know, he goes out with her normally. This past week, um, she was in Toronto and I was in Lauderdale and neither was really conducive to taking the dog. Mm-hmm. So we just, we left him in the streets, you know. <laughs> what no. else can you do? I mean, your we, career comes first. We had a man. My cousin came and she baby dogs had him. Uh-huh. Know, so, but almost every week he's on the road. You guys are both on the road almost all the time, right? A lot. Yeah. How, when do you see each other, and do you schedule Mondays it a certain and Tuesdays? Okay. No. Um, well, do you, you know, schedule your travel in a certain way because of trying to. No. 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 I mean, we try to do things together when we can, like we did the podcast mm-hmm. stuff. We we definitely try to make the most of our time in town together. But that being said, it is, you know, that's just the career path that we're yeah. on. So 
Like, I mean, yeah. in a given week, how many nights are you together? I think on average, we're probably together three nights a week, you know, on average, sometimes more. Mm-hmm. But like we will be together um, tonight, tomorrow. Next week, we'll be together uh, Monday through Friday. Friday, we leave town together. We go to we're doing a mini tour. So we're going to go to Columbus is the craziest tour. Columbus, Birmingham, Alabama, Nashville. Atlanta, Charlotte, all together. This is just stand-up. Mm-hmm. Then we fly from Charlotte back to L.A. So we're together an entire week. After we get back to L.A., we have two days in town together. Then we go to San Francisco to do the live podcast and stand-up in San Francisco. Well, that'll be fun. And so the first part of the mini tour, stand-up, mm-hmm. do you like? Do you go on together or one of you and then the oh, other? Oh, no, or? one at a time. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who goes first? She always insists on going first. Yeah. And it's just and she's like, I'm not going to get into the whole trying to trump my husband's ego. Thing. I'm like, whatever. You can go close the show. She'd be like, absolutely not. You cl-. like so she and I just I do whatever. She's so doing. her decision making is based around what she, around your ego, what she think or her decision she's trying to protect your ego or it has to do with the audience perception no i think she says i mean we don't really talk about it at length uh-huh. how do you want to do this she's like you'll close it out and i'm like you can close it out she's like i don't think so <laughs> like uh, i don't want to you know like i think she thinks that not just me that a guy would be threatened by opening and then having the wife go but i'm like i literally couldn't not care about that any less I'll right. go. I'll fucking open the show. You can put six people on after me, and then you close it. Like is, we're just doing a show. Is she more traditional than you are? Do you think? No, no. I don't mean in comedy style. I mean just like, like an uh, just in. I don't know. As you were saying that, t- for her to be sensitive to not wanting to trump her husband, et cetera. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking, oh, that's in a way she's kind of old fashioned and traditional. No, even no. though in a way she's not at all. Yeah, no, I'm more old fashioned. You she are. Is. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's just with the comedy thing, I just I really don't care uh, who goes first or last. You know, I just I'll open the show. I'll, I'll just I just don't care. Right. So I mean, I get what she's doing. It's like thoughtful and sweet, but it doesn't. It wouldn't bother me to open every one of our shows together mm-hmm. and then have her close them out. I don't. I don't care. I don't think she really cares that much either. Yeah. I think at this point she's just like, let's just get over the, let's let's finish the show. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Let's do a quick Jasmir everyone. Okay. Before we get to Jasmir everyone, can I ask a dog question? Yes. Does your dog have a service designation? Um, like, is he emotional needs? Like, can you guys bring it on the plane without having to like pay to have it boarded or whatever? Yeah. Does it? Why? Um, she got um a, a letter from her. From a legitimate doctor or from yeah. like a friend? No, no, no. From a her legitimate doctor. Was that just like a legitimate doctor who's known for you can give this guy 75 bucks and he'll write you the letter? Or does she have like a, a need for it? She went – it was um, a doctor that she's been seeing forever huh. who gave her that. But it's to manipulate the system. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But I mean it wasn't – she didn't seek out a doctor who does that. Yeah, yeah. It was her regular doctor. Okay. And um, – I mean, it is. A, it's totally an abuse of the system. If that's what you're oh, asking. I have, I have every intention of doing that if I ever travel with my dog. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, though, the problem is, if she didn't do that when, like, she travels every week. Yeah, yeah. 
They put us up in hotels that don't allow dogs. Right. No, I mean, you, you have to do it if you're going to travel with yeah. a dog in your guys' business. Weekly. Wait, curious. you can you can go to a hotel that doesn't allow dogs with Oh, them? yeah. You can yeah. take emotional support dogs fucking anywhere. You can take yeah. them into the Lakers game. Yeah. Like, you can take your great what name am I waiting into the for? Lakers game if you have the right designation. Yeah. It's crazy. I've got to get on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can take them into stores of the mall. You can, you can go literally anywhere you want. You could go into a restaurant. And sit at the fucking counter where they're cooking right there and have your dog put its paw up. <laughs> and, and they'd be like, that's okay. Like, Crazy. Yeah. I love that. I mean, I know that Adam doesn't, but I personally do. Oh, I mean, listen, I would I would do that if I had a dog for sure. I mean, Here's my feel. So Adam has a big bug up his butt um, about people taking their dogs everywhere, uh-huh. which I understand. I yeah. understand where he's coming from. However, yeah. my feeling about it is – and. I don't, I've never actually said this on on his show. I'll say it on mine. Um, dogs are one of the free joys in life. Yeah. And they, I, it, there's so many other things that drive me insane about the world. I actually – I enjoy seeing dogs. They I do too. I, I got to say I'm probably 100% in Adam's camp until Theo Huxtable comes into my life. Yeah. It's totally different. It's just like – I don't know. I can't really – I, I was a person who I – it's like a California thing too where you're in, yes. in California you see more so than anywhere else people with dogs everywhere. Mm-hmm. You're like, what the fuck is going on with all these dogs like everywhere, people's offices? But then I don't know if you get a dog and you love your dog. Then you're, like I actually don't have a problem leaving – like not having the dog. I don't take the dog everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I start to understand why people – take their dog everywhere you know what i mean right right so it they just, just it have just, poor judgment about being in love with stupid dogs i <laughs> pretty much <laughs> i don't have a problem with it um i used to think it was more ridiculous than i do now i don't bring my dog everywhere but if you do i don't hero. have a problem with it huh yeah. no you're a hero because that's the way it should be done if you're going to get that designation which in a lot of instances i can see why it makes sense have a little restraint you don't need yeah. to flaunt the fact that you have that no. right you know on your way to the Ralphs just because right. that's what you're doing. Like, yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? All right. Jason Dick says, when I'm trimming my fingernails, I clip them two-thirds of the way and then peel the remainder with my teeth so they don't fly off. Um, Jason Dick's. In another episode of this podcast that you may have heard or will hear, Jason Dix had a JMO about toenails as well. He did? Oh, yes, he did. Yeah. He, yeah. He's obsessed with fingernails and toenails. Wow. And I think he's obsessed with just me or everyone. And wow. I like that. What's wrong with that? Um, What's, uh, what does he do with toenails? So I think it was that sometimes as before he cuts them, he thinks, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe I should just go for like a Guinness World Record kind of thing. Oh, let him grow out? Yeah. Yikes. I know. I don't understand. I didn't know it was a whole thing. Where for pedicures, there are people who get their toenails pedicured long. Really? Absolutely. I didn't know that was a whole thing. Absolutely. How long are we talking? Too long where they're hanging <laughs> over the edge. Why would you want but that? But they're well – in other words, they're, right, right. they're like, shaped like, and painted uh, but ew. long. Yeah. That's a whole thing. I've never seen this thing. It's I'm definitely to, out there. Yuck. That's – Yes. I'm not into that. No, it's horrible. Anyway, no, the Jason Jason Dix, I don't do that, um, but maybe other people do. That's dangerous. It's terrible. Yeah, because you could just bite too hard or peel too far. Wait, well, he's saying. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't know about others, but on my fingernails, if I do that two-thirds of the way and then pull, it's not always going to rip along the line I was cutting. It could rip at like a weird angle. Yeah, that that does. it's making me cringe. I definitely do what Jason says. Yeah. And I also so do I. rarely use clippers because I bite, yeah. chew my nails and the cuticles all the time. And my fingers Does Christina destroyed. get on you for that? No, she's been with me so long where she just knows that like, like she tries to like sometimes help me where I think it's help. Where it's like, pull my hand away. Like, do you want to do this to yourself right now? Yeah. Because I do it without even thinking. And then I'm like, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a problem. Yeah. Um, the post apoc says, I pick up pennies unless they are tails up, in which case I flip them so I can pick them up on the next pass. I don't do that, but I bet there are people who do that. No, post apoc. I don't Adam's think so. Mind. I think it's just post apoc. Okay. Yeah, no. Tim After says, I get great joy when I use up a toiletry item on vacation and can throw it out rather than have, have to repack it. Yes. I mean, not specifically that, but if I can bring home less than I packed to go somewhere, but like, what would I you, feel a relief. Like, what would that relief. be? Like a shampoo bottle or something. You, but you would pack shampoo for a trip? You're traveling with shampoo? Sometimes I do. Well, but actually, well, how that's... long of a trip necessitates traveling with shampoo? <sighs> We're going to Minneapolis for one night. Are you packing shampoo? No. Actually, I'm not. All right. I, no, I'm not. But here's the thing. It's – I've turned over a new leaf because these days I hardly – leaf. Yeah. I hardly ever bring shampoo with me. I just use the shampoo in the hotel. Yeah. But I was burned recently because the shampoo in the hotel was that combination shampoo conditioner, which is a bunch of bullshit. Oh, yeah. That is bullshit. Yeah. yeah. That, that is, is bullshit. bullshit. And um, I definitely am – I'm not with you guys on this one. And I used to always bring my hair dryer, but I don't do that anymore. Sometimes I'll just use a hair dryer in the hotel. I'm a lady. Not, do you not bring your hair dryer because the one you used to bring had an apocalypse and turned on you? Oh, God. No, I'm actually – don't tell anyone, but I'm using that one again. I'm just being really careful. The hair dryer started eating my Come hair. Come on. The Click back through of the it. banner on AllisonRosen.com and buy yourself a new goddamn hair dryer. I know. <laughs> I have. I just fire. really liked that one. You're playing with fire. I know. Corey Lotta says, when I replace a toilet paper roll, I like to pull the first little square apart from the roll, even if I'm not using it. That's yeah. just good manners. I've, I've done that. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Nikki Jackson Pearl says, feel anxiety like something has gone horribly wrong when there is no mail in your mailbox. It's upsetting to me. It's weird. It's you, very yeah. upsetting to me. It makes you feel like you don't exist for a second. Especially if there's something I want coming in the mail. You know? How often is that, though? Oh, I mean, like I get a lot of things. Like I get checks mailed a okay. lot. So I'm yeah. like... Hope that's there right now. Right. It's very disappointing when it's not there. It's very. But when there's zero, yeah. that's weird. The it's a shitty feeling. feeling. It is. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Seth, Seth Wolfson says, is it just me? When I lend a DVD VHS to a friend thinking it's a family PG film, I'm terrified it's the wrong movie and actually a porno. I've had that fear. Has I've it ever happened? Fear. No. But I also will never lend anybody. Uh, who the fuck's lending on a VHS now anyways? I know. Jesus, Seth. But um, DVD, nah. No, I'd be like, you should see this. You really got to see it. I'm not going to give you mine, but you should yeah. see it. But that fear of like, is that, did I just give them? The wrong thing, yeah. Yeah, sometimes I think I've sent out an email. I'm like, did I write what I was thinking in that email? Yes. we. Yes. Yeah, I frequently look in my outbox to make sure I sent the email to the correct person. Mm-hmm. Have you ever texted somebody? Um. You yes. ever text somebody about someone and oh. you text the person? No, I've done that on I email. That. Oh. I did that on Google Chat. Oh, my God. It's the worst. <gasps> like it, That is like anxiety I that same, I can't even describe. I was in the same room with the person that I fucking 
fucked it up. Really? So it went boom, 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 send. And then the person was like, what does this mean? What was it? What was – what did you – you can't say? Yeah. I – there's a phrase that somebody I know said that I have then turned around and made into a bit with other friends like, ha, can you believe he said this stupid thing? Uh-huh. I sent the abbreviation of that phrase to the person who had said it. And it wasn't boom? It was not boom. <laughs> it, was in a, it, was like, it was like a seven-word phrase and I just sent the letters, like the first letters. So I was able to just be like – uh, I don't know, man. I just fucking gibberish. I, I, I had like bumped the mouse. Ben, a guy, Ben, asking me about Joe, and Joe, like, like, will, will Joe call me back about this thing? Joe so, Rogan? No, no, not oh. that Joe, but like a Ben guy saying, "Will you find out if Joe will take care of this?" Uh-huh. I'm sorry, I cut you off. By the way, no, no, sorry. you're fine. I was done. That was um, it. But Ben was like, uh, you know, will, will, do you know if Joe? I go, I don't know, man. I'll, we'll see. And so I'm like, God, Ben is just fucking. Drive me crazy. And then I write, will you fucking let Ben know about this shit? He's making me cr-. And I sent it to Ben. What right ben after say? he asked me. He's like, what the fuck is this? And I'm like, <laughs> I go, I'm just, I'm making a point. Like, you're just asking me. <laughs> That's good. That was a good, fast save. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there was like, I was, but it was, I was like, can you imagine if I'm like this fucking piece of shit? I feel like people in, in your guys' industry have more leeway when a mistake like that happens. Yeah. Because you can claim it was a bit. Of course. Whereas... My dad's an accountant. That <laughs> shit wouldn't. I mean, that doesn't no, fly. There's no. Oh, I was being funny. It's like no, 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 you weren't Bob. No, you weren't Bob. And these are 2011. These need to get done. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My thing was there was this guy that I liked, and I was talking to another friend about it, and I was telling the friend what he had said. I was mm-hmm. I was like in that phase of liking someone. And also driving yourself and everyone around you nuts where you're analyzing everything they said. So I was like, and then he said, blah, 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 And I sent it to him. I, weirdly, there wasn't really any fallout from it. I think it was vague enough. Yeah. But still. Yeah. Kind of, oh, the feeling, though. What's yes. the feeling like when you realize it? It's like. Oh, no. It was, oh, no, ended. I have to move. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> the world is over. protection, Yeah. Amy Leverage says, every time I see an infomercial on TV, I always go straight to Amazon to see if people like the product. That's smart, but I don't so do that. So interesting. Like, I'm so fascinated by her mm-hmm. that she does that. I've never thought of doing that. Yeah, I haven't either. That's awesome. Yeah. Go, Amy. Go, Amy. Oh, Rosie Posey says, um, get anxious when walking towards someone in a hallway in case we both try to move aside but pick the same side and do that dance. Yeah, that is a whole thing. It's like at what point you see someone and you sort of acknowledge them from down from far away. If and then at what point do you actually make eye contact? That's if you know the person. Ugh. Yeah, it's having a body is. Ugh. It's a it's it's heavy anxiety. I get yeah. it. Dan Dodge and this is the last one says every time I pull the canister off my vacuum and go to empty it, I can't help but think of Ghostbusters. I understand it, but I'm not with him on that yeah, one. No, yeah, no, me neither. Here. I understand yeah. that though. Yeah. Mostly every time I do that, I just think, this is so dirty and gross and dusty, and I feel like the vacuum dust stuff just got mm. somewhere outside of where it was supposed to go. It smells. Yeah. D- that dust actually smells. Mm. That's what I think about. Why? How does it smell like this? Right. What is that? That's what's in the floor? Yeah. Jesus. Yuck. Disgusting. It smells like this mic. These mics smell. Yeah. It smells like somebody's asshole was on this mic. It Whose was. asshole was on that mic earlier? <laughs> was it, it for a bit that I missed? <laughs> it was actually Mark Garagos. Yes. You know. Excellent. You know how Garagos is. <laughs> it's not. It's, 
<laughs> it's not that. It's not as bad. But microphones do smell. And I mean, you're on a mic a lot. You know, yeah. like, like on stand up, a lot of times you go to a club and you don't realize that like there's been a hundred thousand miles breathing on that mic, mm. and you'll like take and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. It's like in the mic now. The, yeah. All the mouth juices. Everyone should just bring their own. They should. We should all travel wind with sock mics. Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is beautiful, Mike. By the way. Oh. Did Adam build this? Yes, he actually. Oh, did. fucking look at Lou. <laughs> Mr. Carpenter built the set. <laughs> yeah, he actually did. And he built these wires and cables and everything. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, he um he molded them. No, these microphones are Rode microphones. These are the name, yeah, right? they're Rode microphones. The cables were made by a guy who helped us out with this. Studio. What is oh. Rode? Rode Just is a an Australian microphone company. It's spelled R O D E. Great these products. Are beautiful. Yeah, they're. They they make a lot of different stuff, so these ones are great, and they have a whole range of. They have ones that are like what you're used to at a comedy club. Hey, Road, why don't you send some mics to your mom's house? Yeah, if they're listening, I don't know, maybe you know, they will. Trying to get that car like you were talking about. I know. Um, I, I was thinking it'd be funny if what I really want though is some super economical. Um, cheap car brand like hey Hyundai you should <laughs> Hello. do it they've really come up by the way I yeah, know yeah that's unbelievable no hey, but it's Kia Kia is more appropriate yeah Hyundai's blowing me away with what they're doing with their was it the Sonata or and the Equus something? yeah they have an S class oh that's a Hyundai that's the Equus yeah, yeah. I'm wondering when alright who, who's the super what's a good cheapo car the Kia one Kia, Kia okay. for sure a Kia um, do you like football <sighs> no not really no I want to. Mm. I just have trouble following and understanding it. Well, that that would be trouble. That yeah. was that there was a fun exchange at uh, we were at Adam's house for the Super Bowl last mm-hmm. year to record a podcast, and uh, Adam's assistant was trying to explain the rules of football to Allison. Oh my god! I I'm still trying to figure out a way to develop that into a bit for the Adam Carolla show. That's it funny. was gold. Yeah, it was very. Cool. I love. I I like and football. Allison was, Allison was listening and she was getting it. She I was think asking, I get it. She was asking informed questions. That's good. I think she. I think. I, yeah, I actually think I get it a little a more. Game, she could definitely get it. I you have, could get it. And I have been forced to sit down. I have to say, I know that everyone wants to make fun of him, but of all the men who have tried to explain football to me in my whole life, Matt Fondelier's explanation of football is the one that made the most sense. I think because he's not really a football guy, so yeah, it was a sure. non-sports person explaining it to a non-sports person. That probably helps. I um I like football so much, and I can't talk about it with my wife. Yeah, because she hates football. That I started a football podcast that I just oh. do in my free time that I just talk about football on. By What's yourself? it called? Charge it to the game, and it's you do it by yourself. I do it by myself, but I have call-ins. That's awesome. So like I have usually people who work like either journalists, sports producers, uh, football bloggers call in. We talk about football. Mm-hmm. That's the whole show, and it's it's just because I want to talk about football more, and I can't. Because my wife right. is like, I can't fucking listen to this. So otherwise, I would probably just talk about it on your mom's house, but I can't. Yeah, yeah. Well, so everyone needs to check that out. And yeah, they check need it to out. Check Charge out your, your mom's house, and Please. they should follow you on Twitter at Tom Segura. S E G U R A. And they can go to TomSegura dot com to see your tour dates. All the live right? dates coming up. Yes. Right. Anything and, else you want to plug? Um, well, I'll. Plug it on Twitter and stuff too, but I'm sh- I'm shooting a special, a one hour special in November. That's very exciting. Yeah, November 9th in Minneapolis, and uh, I have yet to put out the links to where to get because the tickets aren't up yet. But mm-hmm. that'll be fun. So hopefully, if you're in Minneapolis, you can come see me November 9th. 
All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for having for me. For doing my show. This was yes. super fun. Um, and you guys, let's see. What do I need to tell Well, first of all, if you're going to buy something on Amazon, why not click through the banner on my website, alisonrosen.com? It doesn't cost you anything extra, and it helps the show. Also, we have a ringtone that's available. Hey, hey. Yourself. You need this. It'll make calls and texts so much more fun. Um, it is based on a segment on the show that we do. We didn't do it today. But Go fuck often... yourself. That's... Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's good, a good huh? one, too. Um, you can get that by searching, hey, go fuck yourself on your iPhone. Just search iTunes. Hey, um, go fuck yourself. That that's was another right. version of that. I was just trying stuff. Improv. I, yeah, you're workshopping it. Yep. They, oh, they're all good. Thank you. Let's get one more. Hey. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> different, good. different. Yeah, but it has it has its own special, mm. special just something. The guy other. was considering what to say next. Right. Hey, go fuck yourself. I like it. It's yeah. good. You can follow me on Twitter at Allison Rosen. You can follow Gary at G Patrick Smith. Uh, you can follow the show's Twitter feed at A R I Y M B F. All right. I love you guys. Bye. I love you, Rosen. I love you. Hey, do you know? We had a good time, but now we gotta go. Thank you for choosing the Allison Rosen Show. Allison Rosen is your new best friend.